welcome to the Connection Church Dublin Sermon Podcast. Our mission is to connect people to a growing relationship with Jesus. One of the ways we do that is through the preaching of God's Word, centered on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Here's this week's message. All right, well, hey, good morning, church. Man, it is good to see all of you here. As you can tell, man, we, uh, we decided to do something a little different today. And so, man, we are just so excited for you to be with us. And um, what we're about to start is a four-week series called uh, Home for the Holidays. And, uh, yeah, funny, kind of, it sets, right? And so, man, what this series is going to be all about uh, is about the family of God. And regardless of um, what our family looks like during the holidays, regardless whether this is a joyful season, a difficult season, we pray for one hour right here every week you feel at home with the people of God. Amen. And so I wanted to bring Carly up here with us and just want to share some things of what God's done as a church. So you see, this is really interesting. We meet in the theater for two services, as you know. Some of you are probably looking around like, dang, you, you go to church here? Is that right? Uh, I haven't seen you in a while. But the reason we did that is because God continues to grow his bride, his church. Amen? And we are a missional church, and, and we exist to connect people to a growing relationship with Jesus. And so we did that to make room for God to continue to reach people. We did that to make room for our children. And I'm excited to share that since we've done that in January, 97 people have come to faith in Jesus Christ, and 64 have been baptized. And so we as a, we as a ch- yeah, man, I mean, y'all are way out there, but I'm pumped about that, right? But we as a church, that's why we do what we do. And so as we're all here collectively as one family, thank you for all that serve in KK. Can we just stop and say thank you to all of our KK volunteers, as you see all the kids here that teach them the Bible each and every week. And, um, and so we're just super grateful. We love our church, and it is incredible what God's done in 2023. And the last thing before I want Carly to just share a word with you and, and pray for us before we open the word. Um, I could not do what I do if it wasn't for her. And, um, and I'm just thankful for the privilege we have to shepherd this church, to love this church. But I do want to tell you, can we just take a second to honor my wife, Carly, and uh, all she does behind the scenes. So dear, you got a word for us before we jump in? I was just planning on praying. As you can tell, this was not real rehearsed. (laughs) But y'all, we're just, we're honored to be here. It's so nice to see everybody together in one place. Yes. I know this is a little unusual, and it feels a little chaotic with the kids, and we've got some new faces on stage this week, and so it just may feel a little different. And so I just want to take some time for us to pray and just center in on who God is and what this season is really all about in his presence. Yes. And most importantly, that if we are in Christ, we have been adopted into the family of God, and we are always at home with him. And even if your biological family or even your household is not in Christ yet, or there is division because you're not, lo- not like-minded, just know that you belong now to the family of God. That's right. And you have brothers and sisters in Christ 
that want to bond together with you, fellowship with you, to be the people of God, his bride. I've been reading this week in 1 Peter 2 that's talking about how we are living stones. I know we've been doing the generosity series and we're talking about a building and we do need a permanent space to be able to gather together, but we are the living stones. And God brings us together individually as he draws us and saves us and we repent and believe. And then he puts us together, stacks us together on the cornerstone, which is Jesus. And we become the family of God. So my prayer is this morning and for this holiday season that not only will you feel at home here when we gather together as a body, but that if your home is a solid, loving place, that you will put on spiritual eyes as prompted by the Holy Spirit to see other sisters and brothers in Christ this holiday that you may need to welcome into your home and that you may need to love and care for outside of your four walls because we are one body together in Christ. Cool. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for this time. Lord, we thank you for what you are doing. Lord, what you have done. And Lord, we pray for this holiday season, Jesus, that you would be lifted high. Uh, Jesus, we thank you for the privilege and the opportunity uh, to shepherd your church. And God, it's always been all about Jesus. And Lord, we thank you. I remember, uh, Lord, you remember when we did a preview service here with 50, 75 people. And, and Lord, to see what you've done when we make it all about Jesus, God, you're faithful to do what you say you do. And so, Lord, we pray over the message today. We pray over this series. God, that you would speak to us as only you can. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, dear. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's grab our Bibles. Ephesians chapter 2 is where we'll be. Ephesians chapter 2. Um, excited for today. And, um, yeah, just can't wait. I, I love Home for the Holidays, and I even love uh, that kids are with us in the service. You know, I've said it many times. Um, w- with a church where there's noise of children, that's a church that's alive. Amen? And the thing is, our next generation, uh, we're not waiting for them to be used by God. They can be used by God in the kingdom now. Right? And so, man, we're just so thankful for how God has blessed our church. Uh, young folks, I am glad you're here. And uh, I promised my team, um, I'm not going to get long-winded. Amen? Um, for all the parents, they said, amen. Uh, But let's turn to Ephesians chapter 2. I'm going to read and then we're going to dive in. Again, just like Carly said, uh, this series is going to be all about uh, home. uh, Home for the holidays. About the family God has created. And what we're going to do is we're going to walk through Ephesians chapter 2 starting in verse 11. And we're going to work our way down through verse 21 and look at the family that Jesus has created. So let's read. Starting in chapter uh, 2, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11, we'll read through verse 13. This is what God's Word says. It says, Therefore, remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, which is done in the body by human hands, remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from from citizenship in Israel, and foreigners to the covenants of the promise. Now listen, without hope 
and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. If you're taking notes today, I hope you are. Take this down with you. The main point of the message is this. We're going to talk about the family that Jesus created. We're going to talk about the family that Jesus has created. And so again, we, we kind of when we get to the holidays, it's really a, a, a unique time, right? And I was thinking back to my childhood. Um, I, I lived in town, I think at the time, I was maybe eight or nine years old. And how many of you remember your best Christmas morning, right? That, like when you got the Red Rider BB gun that was stacked in the corner. You, you know what I'm saying. For, for those that haven't seen the movie, man, you're, you're missing out. You know what I'm talking about. My, my favorite. But anyway, but imagine that first Christmas or that best Christmas morning you had. And, and for me, I'll never forget it. Me and my brother woke up. Uh, we, we ran into uh, the living room, and there sat a brand new N64 with Super Mario waiting on me. You know what I mean? And I could give two rips about the stockings, the presents, like I locked in, you know? And then my little brother, who was five or six, he walks into the living room, he looks out the back, and there sits the trampoline he's wanted all year long. And man, it was awesome. Like there was hot chocolate, there was toys we enjoyed, mom and dad were, were present, they were happy because we were happy, and it was this wonderful Christmas memory, right? And then I can think to other Christmases that maybe you can relate with, that the holidays represent a very difficult time. That I can remember the first Christmas without my uncle after he passed away. I can remember the first Christmas after a broken relationship of my life and just being sad. Uh, I can remember and, and hearing of my friends of Christmas where it, it felt like um, things were not just stable at home. And so the thing about Christmas memories is this, is that regardless of what this season represents to you, I want you to know that there is the opportunity to walk in the freedom in Christ and live in a family that never changes. To live in a family that has an eternal home. That regardless if it's been a good year or a difficult year, you're looking forward to the holidays or holidays are a difficult season, I pray for an hour we get a bigger picture of the family and the home we've been invited to. And that's really my heart and my hope for this season. And so today, we're looking at Ephesians chapter 2, starting in verse 11. And what this passage is talking about is really this, this coming together of two very, very different groups. Right? So when the Bible talks about Jews and Gentiles, I want you to think about uh, the chosen people of God, the Jewish race, a Jewish family... And the Gentiles are all the other races and all the other families in the world. And so in verse 11, it says, therefore. Anytime you see a therefore in the Bible, it's really, really important to know what came before. Well, what happened in Ephesians 2, 1 through 10 is, that's the gospel message. The good news that Jesus Christ has come, that he has come to pay for sin, and through faith in him we can be saved. And that message is really what drives us as 
uh, a church. And so it says, in light of the gospel, therefore, this is what God has done. And he says, remember, you who were Gentiles, who were a family that didn't come up as Jewish, of having God, right? For some of us, we grew up in a family where there was a Bible present and Jesus was everywhere. Some of us grew up in a family that it was absolute chaos. Can I get a witness? There was no Jesus anywhere to be found, right? And here's the deal. This is what I love about children. Children didn't get to pick the hand they were dealt. They just got dealt it. Does that make sense? I continue to look at this next generation and what's going on in our city. The reason why I believe this series is so pertinent, because the family in our country is struggling. That the, the enemy, what he starts with is he starts with, if I can fracture the family, I'm going to inflict wounds that are difficult to overcome. But this is what I say. Those wounds are difficult, but in Christ they are possible. Right? And so we see that in this fracturing of the family, right, there are some people that grew up like these Gentile nations that knew nothing of Jesus. Right? That knew nothing of Jesus. That, that, that knew very little about the love of Christ and what the season is all about, which is about Jesus. And maybe for some, we feel like we grew up an outcast from the family of God. Right? That, that we grew up and we didn't quite measure up to church people. Or because of how we grew up, we feel somewhat excluded during this time because of whatever the circumstances may be. But this is what I want you to know. First point, I want you to take this down. In the Jesus family, uh, in the in the family Jesus created, this is a family with no outcast. This is a family with no outcast. It says in verse eleven. Therefore, remember that you were formerly who are Gentiles. Think about lost nations, people not in the family of God by birth. And called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, which is done by human hands. Remember that at the time you were separate from Christ and excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. Uh, what he's saying here is this. He's, he's, it's a play on words. He's saying, you who before you came to know Christ... You were excluded, you felt excluded by those who had been circumcised. And all circumcision is, is an outward sign of an inward reality that we're in the family of God. Think about baptism. Why we get baptized is we tell the, tell the world an outward sign of an inward reality. That we now identify with Christ and we are in the family of God. And he says, maybe some of you have felt excluded from the church or from the family of God, from the people of God. But what I want you to know is this. I have come not to change your outward appearance. I've come to change your heart. And when I change your heart, you're in the family. I don't care how you grew up. It's not about the outward appearance. I came for hearts. And it's through your heart I bring you into the family. Right, And so we see that this circumcision is a circumcision of the heart. That's why he says circumcision is done by human hands, but God does a work that is not with human hands. God does a work in our heart with heavenly hands, and he brings us into the family. Now, this is the deal. Maybe you know a lot about church, maybe you don't, but this is what I want you to know. 
There is no hierarchy in the kingdom of God. It don't matter where you come from. It don't matter how you grew up. don't matter what uh, level of system you grew up in. You and I, when we look before a holy God, we sit level at the foot of the cross. Now here's the deal. Maybe for some that this represents a difficult time, a fractured family, um, maybe a missing of a family yourself. I want to give you some words of how God looks at those that got dealt a difficult hand in life. I want you to read with me Psalm 68, verses 5 and 6. God's word says, I am a father to the fatherless. I am a defender of widows. It says, in God in his holy dwelling, verse 6. Man, this is good right here. Are y'all listening today? All right. I know you got some busy buddy bags around you. I, I need you to hear this is good right here, okay? God sets the lonely in families. He leads out the prisoners with singing, but the rebellious lived in a sun-scorched earth. I want you to stop right there at verse 6. God sent the church to give those that have no family a family. All right? And this is one thing why I'm passionate about discipleship is this, that we are called to stand in the gap as the church for those who have no father or mother. Right? That's why God said to take care of orphans and widows. And How many school teachers I got in the house? Can I get a hand raise? Y'all honor these folks because you are standing in the gap almost every week. Right? That, that God has equipped you. If you know the Lord, I'm telling you, I come from the school system. I got a little bit of bias. God sent you to that school to stand into the gap, to be a father and a mother. We, we had a couple over last night that is standing in the gap. That God sets the lonely hearts in families. How? Through his church, the bride. Right? And man, I, and I want you to know, men, y'all know we talk about the family a ton here. I pray that through our church, we're breaking the narrative of the fracturing of families. Amen? We're going to break that narrative. That it is more important than ever that you know the God of the universe, that you receive his love, that we love a spouse and we love a family. Amen? Your desire to do that, even when it's difficult, will have three generational impact by your yes. That, that we are called to be the family of God. Now here's the deal. I want to talk about what has hurt that is the religious spirit that the church is about good people instead of looking at a good God. Right? That we as the church, to have that heartbeat, we can't look at each other. We look at God first. And we look at what does God say about the lost. What does God say about me? What does God say about the family? And as we look to God, we find the strength, what we need to be the people of God. Is anybody y'all with me today? All right, so listen. Now I want to talk about something else, about um, something that I've been sharing a lot is about diversity, right? And, and how we, we really desire to be a diverse church. And man, it is so cool to see this room filling up. But listen, God has more to do with us, church. He has more for Connection Church Dublin. Believe that or not, he has more. And he has more in reaching the lost, in reaching this community. Now listen, this is why I say multi-ethnic, multicultural church is Revelation 7-9. This is what God's family looks like. It says, After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count. From where? Every nation... Every tribe, people, and language standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. Listen, 
Heaven is not going to be American. It's going to be brothers and sisters from all over this world. Heaven is not American. <laughs> Heaven is a, a diverse brothers and sisters in Christ coming together for one family. Right? One family. God loves unity and he loves diversity. And so I, I want to speak to some people today, right? And, and here's the deal. Maybe I'm resonating with that outcast feel. I felt like I've never found my place in the church. Or maybe you're just asking questions about Jesus. How many of you agree something different happens when you come to Connection Church and you're amongst the people? That there is, God has given us something, y'all. That there is a presence among us that, that's incredible. But this is what I want you to know about our church. It's not the worship. It's not the preaching. It's not the people. Listen. It is the God that resides among the people. It's His presence. That that's what makes us different. That's what uh, we encounter. So today, if you struggle with that rejection, if you struggle with that sort of thing, that, that because of how I grew up, or maybe I've been excluded from the group, listen, God tells you you have a home here in Christ. That He invites you into this multicultural, this beautiful family. And then maybe if you come from a broken family, broken family dynamics, or it's a difficult Christmas, a difficult Christmas season, I, I want everyone to listen to me and everybody lock in, okay? God's kingdom and family is solid. Not because the people are always going to do right, not because you're always going to get perfect love for people, but I'm telling you, the Jesus that resides among the people, he can be trusted. He can be trusted. And you have a home here in Christ. So listen, I want you to apply this, take this with you. I pray that today, this season, we have an extra measure of gratitude for Jesus and his family. An extra measure of gratitude of Jesus and his family. Now, if you did grow up in church, if you grew up, um, knowing the Lord, seeking the Lord, and, and, and you, you've become solid in your faith. Listen, we need to be a good family member. And just like Carly said, if we've been included in the family of God, it's time to go invite more people to our table. Hear that again. If we've been given a seat at the table of God, I'm about to talk about this table, be a good family member, and we need to invite more people to the table. Look around. I want you to look. How cool would it be to fill up this auditorium next week? We're not far. Be a good church family member. Invite more people to the table to eat. All right? Second thing, if you're taking notes, write this down. Um, I, I know we're usually in the theater. You guys up? Everybody good today? I kind of like it. I can see you, man. It's dark as rip out there in the theater. I'm preaching like the four people in the front row. Now I can see you, right? I know I love you. I got my eyes on you. All right. Second thing, take this with you. The, this family Jesus created is a family with a heavenly home. This family that Jesus created, which is the church, the church is not a building, obviously God's moving here and we're in a school auditorium. The church is a people. It's a family. And this is why we have hope for Christmas and we can celebrate. Because of Jesus, we have a heavenly home. That even in your best experience on this side, there's something better waiting on us at home. Man, we are passing through here, brother, sister. Listen, uh, don't take my words for it. Let's, let's look at the Lord's. All right. Verse 12. 
It says, remember, at that time, you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship, that's important, in Israel, and foreigners to the covenants of the promise without hope and without God in the world. Now, when we talk about Israel and we talk about Jerusalem, okay, that's a physical place. When we talk about the covenants and the promises, those are promises from God handed to God's people. All right, so when they think about Jerusalem, talking about Israel, um, there, there's a desire to be in the literal place of Israel. But listen, what's going to happen one day is a new Israel and a new Jerusalem is going to come down out of heaven and going to settle on the earth. And that's what heaven will be. Right? We, we do not do a good job in the church of preaching on the narrative of heaven. Heaven is a home that right now all those that have passed away in Christ are with him in heaven, but one day it's going to come to the earth and we will be in perfection for all eternity. It's going to be amazing. And so what we're talking about when you hear citizenship in Israel, know that for us that's talking about an eternal citizenship, that we've been invited to become citizens of heaven. Now I know some people that have to go through the process to be a citizen of America. That's really, really hard. Citizenship in heaven happens in a moment. That it's not hard for us, it's really easy. It was really hard on Jesus when he went to the cross. And through him, we get to become citizens uh, of heaven. Now, I want to describe the, the heavenly home here, okay? So, I want you to look with me in Revelation 19, 6 through 9. This is, again, uh, looking at our heavenly home, looking at our heavenly family. It says, Then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters and a loud peals of thunder, shouting, Hallelujah, for our Lord God Almighty reigns. Verse 7, Let us rejoice and be glad and give Him glory. How many of you have been in a worship service when you know you're singing and God's moving? Right? This is an eternal worship service that is perfect. So first, we have a worship service. Second, it says, For the wedding of the Lamb has come, and His bride has made herself ready. Verse 8, Fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. Fine linen stands for the righteous acts of God's holy people. Verse 9, Then the angel said to me, Write this, Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And he added, These are the true words of God. Listen, our home is a lot like a wedding and a wedding banquet. How many of you have fond memories of a wedding and a wedding banquet? I, I love doing them, man. There's such a desire for the bride and the groom to come together as one and to be joined, to be unified. And then after that, I'm going to the potato bar and I'm going to embarrass myself, right? Yeah? And I'm going to make a mess of it because why? It is a feast. It's a celebration, right? And, and a lot of times I remember at my wedding, even extended family came and we all ate together and we had the potato bar. And I think I got that chocolate fondue fountain. You know, you know what I'm talking about? You put the strawberries up under it. And none of y'all eat like I eat, right? I think about this a lot. But, but listen, when we get to our heavenly home, listen to me, okay? It's like a bride meeting a groom in perfection. That did you know Jesus desires to be with you? That, that he 
is ready and wants heaven and earth to meet so that he can be with you for all eternity. That it's a worship service and it's a wedding. But then not only is it a worship service and a wedding, it's a wedding banquet. And we have been invited to have a seat at Jesus' table. I've had a filet mignon, medium rare. Dipped in some marinade and dill sauce and zesty Italian. I'm talking about food way too much in this sermon. I fast on Sundays, so anyway. All right, so. But your best meal with your most loving family member pales in comparison to Jesus' table. That it's a family with an eternal home that we never have to go home and leave. It's beautiful, it's radiant. And then lastly, I want to talk about the posture. If, if, if you would be so bold, how many of you would say the holidays are difficult at times, right? That it's a reminder of lost loved ones. It's a reminder of maybe some difficult circumstances. I want to read about this heavenly home, this family that God's created that has a heavenly home. Uh, it's in Revelation uh, 21, 1 through 4. It says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, that's the new Jerusalem. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. In that illustration, Jesus is the groom, we are the bride. Okay, And it says that the groom is coming down to be with the bride, and now verse 23, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people. The family is fully all together now. right? Look, he's with them. Our brothers and sisters in Asia, they're with us. I think about Bo, man. Our, our brothers and sisters that he's going to reach in Southeast Asia, we're together. What bound us together was the groom, and the groom's come, and we're together. And it says um, that he will dwell with them. That means he's not coming for an afternoon and leaving. He's with us for forever. Perfection. Man, and listen, it only gets better. Y'all tracking with me right here? Okay. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. Now, verse 4, this is for all the brokenhearted. This is for all that you've lost in your family. This is for all the fracturing, maybe how you grew up. This is Jesus' words, and God's word is true, so this is from Jesus. This is his word to you. He said, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Imagine Jesus, all the hurt, wiping it away and said, I've got you. I never left you for one second. I got you. I see you in your hurt. I've seen you, what you've grown up in. I've seen what happened to you. I've got you. I, I will literally wipe those tears away because now you're with me. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. Why? For the old order of things has passed away. I mean, can I get an amen from somebody? Amen. I, man, good gracious. That's true, man. I was, I was thinking about it, and, and I, wanna, I, I want you to hear this, okay? When we begin to embrace the reality of this family Jesus has created... We begin to learn how to wait, right? How many of you hate patience and waiting? <laughs> well, in Christ, this is what we wait on. We are waiting on the kingdom of God to come and 
and for this to come in its fullness. All right? And so we're waiting. And, and, and waiting can be hard. But what I want you to do, and, and, and maybe for some, as we spiritually wait, you're physically waiting on something. Waiting for this difficult season to pass. Waiting on a spouse. Waiting on a rebellious child to come home. There, there may be a lot of physical waiting. And there's not real e- it's not real easy all the time. But I do want to begin to change the narrative we have as the church, right? The narrative and the way we look at the world. You know, I, I used to be a wrestling coach, and one of the things that um, I'm a big believer in is confidence, right? And I'm thankful I was taught confidence at a young age, and, 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 and confidence is really important. When you believe something deeply, it is, there's a lot of strength in that, right? And this is what I would say as a coach, what used to bother me is bad body language, that instead of my wrestlers looking up and looking like they, they're going to win and, and, and wrestling with confidence, a lot of times if something bad happened, they put their head down right at the ground. Any football coaches, you know what I'm talking about, right? Bad body language, no confidence. You know, looking at the ground, looking at our navel. Listen, I, I want you guys to know something as the church. Jesus has not called us to look down. He called us to look up. He called us to look up. Where we find the strength in the waiting, where we find the help and the grace in the waiting, is that we begin to look at him on his throne. We begin to see him. We begin to see the promises. And regardless of what's going on with us, we know what's going to happen to us, right? That we begin to walk with a victorious narrative that no matter how bad it gets, he's still good and I know how the story ends. Amen? The church's story is a story of victory, not loss. We walk in a victorious narrative as the people of God. And, and I, as, as strong as anything I know, God has been speaking to me. And for the church to be the church from now and when Jesus comes back, we got to start walking in a victorious narrative. We look up. When you mess up, look up. When it's good, give thanks looking up. When it goes bad, ask for help looking up. Look to Jesus, look to the promises, and you'll get what you need to walk through what you're walking through. Amen? Amen. So we see that we have a victorious narrative in Jesus. So I have an application. If you're taking notes, write this down. How often are you looking up? How often are you looking up? Because maybe you grew up in a church where you heard the gospel, you were baptized, and they patted you on the butt and said, hey, good luck, don't sin too much, make sure you drop something to offer and pray, right? Listen to me. We, begin to, we have to begin to learn how to spend time with God personally and look up to walk in victory today. That, that discipleship, joining a small group, getting involved in discipleship, learning how to read your Bible and pray is how you receive victory, not for heaven, but for today. Right, we need it today. How often are you looking up, man? Because here's the deal. We have a cause to sing and celebrate this Christmas because I'm about to tell you who we look at when we look up. All right? So, so, how many of you would say this family sounds good? That's a, that's a good sounding family. There's no outcast. No one feels like the oddball. All right? You know, secondly, it has a heavenly home. Right? We have an eternity to look forward to. Point number three, this family is not 
this family came at a cost. Right? But the cost wasn't to us. The cost was to him. Point number three, take this with you. This is a family created through the blood of Jesus. A family created through the blood of Jesus. A family that's been created through the blood of Jesus. That when you look at heaven, you look at those promises, you look at him coming, it came at a very high price. And that price was that God would send his son out of heaven, a perfect, the perfect image of God coming to the earth, living amongst us, and in our sin, right? We, we look to a Jesus who died on the cross to pay for our sin, right? That it says he's a mediator between a perfect God and an imperfect people. How many of you would agree you've messed up, you've sinned, you've done things you're not proud of? Because of that sin, it separates us from God, right? That everyone wants to come into that family if it's true, but how do I get into the family? You don't get into the family by cleaning your mess up and working your way into the family. It's coming and surrendering to the mediator who established that family through his blood. Right? That's why we're crazy about the cross, the, the cross of Jesus Christ, because think about all of this world and think about how dark and broken this world is. We're here in that broken world. God's over there by them good-looking Christmas trees in perfection, and there's separation. How do I get to that family? I know I've messed up. Look how good that sounds. Look how bad I am. Listen, it's because God sent Jesus, and at the moment on the cross, he made a pathway straight to heaven. He made a pathway through his blood on the cross. That's why we're crazy about it. That's the only way. I can't wait to go, but I'm not going because of a ministry or a message. I'm going because of a man who died for me. I'm going because of him. And that's why I say, man, why God's working in our church, it's not worship, it's not the preaching, it's that man on the cross. If we'll keep lifting him high, watch his presence come down and change your life. It's all about Jesus, man. It's all about Jesus. This Christmas season, this is awesome, but it's all about the man on the cross. That's why we worship, that's why we preach, that's why we pray. Listen to me, 1 Timothy 2.5, i got to give you some scripture here, take this. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. He is our hope, he is our source, he is our truth. So I'm going to invite the worship team back up, and while they're coming... I do have some specific words for you today, okay? Number one, if you don't know if you're in the family, somebody invited you to Connection Church to join the family, amen? That today's the day you can join the family of God. That, that you, you've already seen it, that the way we come into the family is we admit we're a sinner separated from God. We, we repent of that sin. We turn and... You hear this good news and say, I don't, know, I don't know that guy preaching, but I believe that message. I believe God's working on my heart, and, and I don't even know how I got here, but he's calling me home. Man, come home. We're the kind of church, we're about to go crazy up in this joint, excited for you. Right? And so I, I want you to know, if you need to be saved, be saved, join the family. Now, secondly, if you're in the family and you need healing, you need strength, you need hope, 
I pray you'd respond to come and pray and ask God for that. I pray you'd come and worship and ask God for that. God, I, I pray for all those promises. I pray you'd be my strength in this season. Or I pray, give me, give me uh, the strength to j- hope with joy in this season. And we always say it here, growing people take next steps. Talking about joining the family, the cross is the only way. But you need to spend time with the family members to get the full experience of the family. If you haven't been through heart and soul or joined a connect group, stop by the next steps table and do that because you're only getting a piece of the family. We want you to get the full experience of what God has for his people. But whatever the Lord's doing in your heart, I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and pray, and we're going to get ready to sing. And so I just pray for the one that's here today. And would just say, man, Buck, I heard that message. I, I want to come to know the Lord. That I know God's calling me today, and I want to join the family. I want to start a relationship with Jesus. If that's you here today, I'm just going to ask you in faith, would you just lift your hand in faith and say, today's the day for me, Buck. I want to come to know the Lord. Is that anybody in the house? If you lift your hand, just keep your hand up for just a minute so we can see you. Is that anybody in the house today? If you'll just keep your hand up. Thank you, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I see you over there. Is there anyone else? I'm going to give you guys a couple moments. Is there anyone else that would say, today's the day, Buck. I want to join the family. I want to know the Lord. Anyone else? Lord, for the rest of us, I pray, as you prompt our heart this Christmas season, I pray we would just have a, a, a sweet time in your presence and worship, Lord. We love you, God. We praise you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we welcome two new sisters into the family? Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, let's look to Jesus, look to heaven. Let's enjoy being home for the holidays. Let's stand and worship. Thanks for tuning in to the Connection Church Dublin Sermon Podcast. We pray that this message stirred your affections for Jesus. We would love for you to subscribe to the podcast and share it with others. For more information about our church and other resources, please visit ConnectionDublin.com.